Hey, Ma, how's it going? I bought you some groceries. Hey, oh my God, it's so beautiful, baby. Yeah. You know, you set them, set them right there on the counter. Oh, on, all over right, there. all right. How's everything been going? What you been up to today? Oh, you know, I'm just catching up on my stories. Oh, okay. Watching my Days of Our Lives General Hospital. And actually, in the afternoon, I, I caught a movie. Oh, what'd you watch? Oh, what did I watch? I watched the Crickets dance. <laughs> the uh oh, oh that yeah. What how, what what did you think of that movie? I've never heard of that before, but it it's not... never heard of it. No, my my Maurice of, of forty three years has never never been in the Crickets dance. <laughs> been in the Crickets dance? <laughs> no. I, I don't even I mean, know what that's a movie, I guess, is what you're telling me. It seemed like an, an adorable story of a white woman lawyer who found out that her family owned a black man's family. Whoa. Turns out the black man sharing the office with this white lady. Mm. That's not all they share. No. Night, Maurice. I love you, baby. Yeah. This will be in my eyes to tell me you in that fucking movie. <laughs> Ma, that's crazy. Whoa, you know. I mean, you. I, there's so many Maurice Johnsons in the world. You know what I mean? Like I. Yeah, I bet. I bet as you see me on TV before. Yeah, I've been in stuff, I but. Saw yeah, I seen frolicking with that white woman. I don't know if I call it frolic. I mean, I I don't remember. Nigga, you was frolicking. You had a metal detector in one hand and her hand in your other hand. Now, Maurice, I love you. I love you. I do. Look me in my eyes and tell me in that fucking movie. Ma, you can't tell nobody about this, dog. It's on, it's on Amazon. And to me, um, nobody was supposed to see that movie, okay? And I love you, son. I love you. I love you too, mom. It's okay. It's okay. You, you, we all made mistakes. Thank you so much. You was in the crickets dance. You know, I forgot to pay my taxes from 1970 to 1978. It happens. Now, I'm going to need you to do one thing for for your mother. That, that's all you got to do. You never do anything for me again. Uh, what is it, my Anything for you. You better go out back and give me a switch. You better go out there. Don't don't get no don't get no thin one neither. I'ma whoop that ass. It'll be in some movie. The sentence of slaves. Yes, Mama. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. 
and we have no time to waste because this movie <laughs> is a fucking mess. <laughs> There's too much to even get into, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump in and introduce okay. our guest, who is one, Alexis Harper, who is one of the founders of The Washington Revolutionary, which is a biweekly publication reflecting on abolition from the perspective of D.C., Maryland, and Virginia abolitionists and advocates. Uh, so, Alexis, welcome to our show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we... <laughs> Have to, Thank you. I have to give you many thanks because uh, inadvertently off of your tweet about the movie we're going to talk about, <laughs> a lot of people uh, discovered our show, which wasn't. And then wow. there was a lot of just weird. It devolved into people arguing whether or not Black Panther is a white savior film. More or yep. less. I saw that. One yeah. specific individual who was really about it and everybody else being like, nigga, what? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? Yeah, that was a weird sidebar. I saw that. I'm like, yeah. okay. Well, let's not waste any time. Uh, Alexis, tell everybody what, what movie we're talking about today. We are talking about the Crickets Dance, um, which is a movie that came out in 2020, shockingly yes. enough. And as we talk about it, we'll know why it's shocking. It came out in 2020 that I found on like. The thirty seventh page of Amazon movies. What what was it? We have a lot of questions just about your yes. initial like Twitter uh, thread about the film because like what was it even that made you say I need to watch this? Movie? Yeah, take take us through that. Take us through that. Um, so I'm not gonna lie, I like bullshit. Sure, <laughs> like I like bullshit movies, but at the same time, I also like historical movies, and I think that's why Amazon. I mean, granted, I had to scroll down pretty far to find it, mm -hmm. obviously. But I like historical movies, I like historical romances. And Amazon's algorithm was like, oh, this is like a logical jump from Pride. And like, I'm, I've probably watched Amistad and I've probably watched Pride and Prejudice. And it decided that this was the logical jump Fair. as to something that I would yeah. want to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and I watched the trailer and I knew it was going to be some nonsense. Right. But I didn't know it was going <laughs> to. I didn't know what I was getting into. And then at some point. I was like, I can't be the only person experiencing this. Like, I just, I cannot be the only person experiencing this. That's the vibes on this show. So it's awesome that our two came, our two, us two came together in that sense, because we <laughs> feel like when we watch these movies, we cannot be the only people watching them. Yeah, like I had to see it. Now you got to see it too. And like, at what at what point were you just like, you know, okay, this is a, a crazy premise, but just like excuse me <laughs> when was it when did it become a problem <laughs> i don't recall exactly it was the point where it became evident that you know the two main characters were gonna fall angie and andrew andrew, andrew. were gonna fall in love like that was the point where i was like <gasps> you know <laughs> and that's what i just i couldn't do it <laughs> For those who aren't aware and did not see <laughs> Twitter, uh, which which blew up, but then also there's there's some interesting uh, stuff that we're going to talk about later in regards to the director of the movie uh, having thoughts of <laughs> that as well. Um, this is a movie called The Cricket's Dance, which if you haven't heard of it, great for you. You're, you're living your best life because it's one of these movies that I think this show is really about because so many of these movies we talk about are like oscar nominated and have like big name actors in it and you, you've seen them right the help um 
Green, Green Book, Book, Hidden Figures, like on and on down the they line. They love to do it. Big movies, right? This is the kind of movie that you would have to scroll to the 37th page of Amazon <laughs> to discover. But A, there's more of them than you think. And B, like, they are not only wild, but the way that, I mean, this, again, we talked about The Ride last week, which is the ludicrous movie where he loves it. Oh, you mean ludicrous, the rapper, Nazi, like, not also yeah. that the movie was ludicrous. No, it's existence. both. It's both. He, he ludicrous loves a neo-nazi child to bmx supremacy that's a that's a real movie that we watched and that movie won awards similarly (laughs) the crickets dance i can't even we're gonna go through this because i don't even know what these are right this is the cultural and diversity film festival of 2020 it was a winner for best feature film best adapted screenplay audience choice award uh, it won the Judges Award for Best Ensemble at the Fusion Film Festival. It won a jury prize for Best Supporting Actress, Best Film, Best Director. Uh, the Glendale International Film Festival. Mm. It won the Best in Fest. I mean, you can go down the line. It won the, the Los Angeles International Film Festival. It won the Audience Choice Award. Like... People saw this movie and said yes. Is that last one? <laughs> the, is that last one a blind film festival? Is that like is that with the blind go to see film festivals? Possibly. Or was it the only entry in these festivals? You know, <laughs> it may have been. Uh, like because of, is... on, on top of this movie being stupid, it's bad. It's really oh, bad. Yeah. It's badly made. <laughs> We're yes. gonna get into that too, but uh, it's another movie that's based on a novel. Based on a novel by uh, Deborah Robillard. And I think the novel didn't come out that long before the, the mm-hmm. movie did. Like, I think it was a fairly quick turnaround. This is a book I've never heard of. You know what I mean? Unlike something like The Crawdad Saying, you know, where you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've heard of that book before, and now it's a movie. This I, is I've like, walked by it at a Target. Yeah, I have no idea what this book is or where it came from, but Veronica Robledo who is the director of the movie and the writer of the screenplay <laughs> apparently loved it so much <laughs> that she had to make it into a film. And Chomping we don't know. Bit. Yeah. We don't know if, if it's a one-to-one because it's, it was, it was violence enough to watch this movie <laughs> that to <laughs> go in and then read the novel or at least even try to get a synopsis might've been too much. Um, but Cameron, I'm going to throw the five minutes out the window. <laughs> We're just yeah. going to, I'm just going to go. Usually we do five minutes of, of white nonsense, but like, I don't even know if I can keep it in the fives. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. I got it written down. So, okay. I'll help you along the way. I'll help you along the way too. Cause I, I'm, I don't I'm even fresh. know if you can, you can like... time me. The one thing I need to, I, d- I didn't even, I didn't even double check. This movie takes place in. Augusta, Georgia? Somewhere oh, yes. in Georgia. It was filmed, I think, but somewhere in Georgia. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Augusta or Savannah. So it's Augusta? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, so, this movie starts in Augusta, Georgia, where Angie, uh, played by Kristen Renton, who I guess was on a couple of seasons of Sons of Anarchy, Go is where her. people know her okay. from. Yeah. I don't know. She is a, a lawyer uh, who is getting home from another bad date that she just tells this guy to just leave 
And the next scene, she's talking with Miss Claudia, who never really explained, is she a family friend? Did they used to work together? They have some kind of relationship. She's an older woman who subsequently (laughs) dies off screen. And guess who inherits her plantation home? It's Angie. Uh, Just to give you an idea of the writing quality of this movie, here's a line from the bequeathment that just doesn't make any sense. So Angie looks at the lawyer and says, wrapping paper looks just as good on manure as a sack of diamonds. And then the lawyer looks at her like Bob Costas looks at Pootie Tang. (laughs) it's like what now what are you talking about and then she leaves and then like a minute later he finishes his lines like after she's already left the it it doesn't make sense so (laughs) i I had to rewind it i rewound it in the recent watch it was just like he's talking to nothing and she's not even in the frame she's just gone she says the line and then leaves um so Also, the actress, the actress who plays uh, Claudia's, I guess, daughter. Yeah. Oh, she's the she's the best actress in this movie. Am I am I <laughs> am I right? Am I right? Was she... I think so. Or maybe the worst. I mean, the worst actress I've ever seen. Sorry, sorry. There we go. There's, there we go. There's a. I mean, that there's a lot in the running in this movie. <laughs> but as she's moving into the house, Angie's dad, I guess, is just helping her move all of Claudia's stuff out. I don't know why. That's happening, but apparently, because Angie, we're told, loves these sorts of things, he finds a diary in a trunk and gives it to her to read. And what does she do with this historical document? Does she take it to a historical society or a museum or maybe somebody who works to preserve this kind of history? No, she reads it in her bed like a pulp romance. So she's just up in her bed reading the diary. This is where the movie starts to just lose itself completely because the diary is written by the daughter of the slave owner's wife, but she's recounting events that there's no way she she would have had any knowledge of. You know what I mean? Like conversations between people and stuff that like i don't even know how she would know to record this information it was only on this viewing that i caught that fact i I was like wait think of that my god there's no way she saw the two slaves like profess their love to each other by night she was not alive for like two-thirds of what is in this (laughs) this diary but um anyway we meet Emmeline and Ophelia. Emmeline yes. is recently married to Jackson McGrath. Why? For what reason? They don't seem to like each other. I don't <laughs> understand why this is happening. And then Ophelia is subsequent is is told or to us to believe to be her best friend, but is also her slave. So that's not at all a logical paradox, right? Like that's just facts historically accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like in these romance novels, people would want to believe that the slave was their best friend. Oh, I I could believe that Emmeline yeah. believes that Ophelia is her best friend. <laughs> That's like a black coworker <laughs> that's your friend, but the coworker doesn't know that they're your friend. Yeah. Right. Oh yes. So they move into this plantation. Jackson immediately forbids Ophelia from falling in love or having kids. So, of course, she immediately falls in love with another slave named Reuben. And one night, as Angie is reading this, she literally says out loud to camera, their love was so beautiful. Their love was so beautiful. (laughs) And the camera pans up. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. So, 
back in the present, Angie meets her new black coworker, Andrew, one of two black men existing in present day Georgia. No black women in the present day. Also, there are no black women <laughs> yeah. in the present day, just black men. For the, there know, are no just, black women in Georgia. No, not one. Two, two black men, <laughs> right, and no black women. And no other minorities, just, oh, yeah. just white people, mostly. So as she's talking with the secretary of the law office, she notices that Andrew's last name is Osa McGrath, which seems very curious. And then she just drops it. Uh, <laughs> I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> so one day after rushing home to read her slave romance, a client of hers assaults her for literally no discernible reason. Male it doesn't in make reality, sense. assaults her. The only... Yeah, the only other black man in Georgia. He's her client. I guess the reasoning is he thinks that she's going to fuck up his case. Yeah, she's going to like drop his case maybe or something like that. One, you're already charged with something. So beating up your lawyer is a quick way to get charged with more things, I think. (laughs) And wouldn't you be in a holding, bro? Or like on on bail? Something. You're not supposed to be there. That doesn't make sense. But luckily, also, I don't know. Oh my god! Uh, But luckily for Angie, her buck and shining armor conveniently is dropping off some (laughs) (laughs) work papers, and I am justified in saying that because I literally had to go back and watch this a few times, and then I put the captions on just to make sure that I wasn't hearing what I wanted to hear. But the secretary, when talking to Angie, they recognized that. Andrew's last name is McGrath, and then the secretary verbatim says, "Yeah, a lot of bucks around here had that yes. name." Yes, and, there's, and we never that. revisit that. <laughs> she said we that. never, re- yeah, Janice. It's said in the caption. No. I, we never revisit that. She's never held accountable for it. She just <laughs> casually says, "Oh yeah, all these bucks out here named McGrath." <laughs> and Angie just says, "Yeah, <laughs> like it's a fact." <laughs> You're right about all these bucks. <laughs> So, yeah, Andrew rushes in, beats up the guy beating up Angie, and then uh, Angie, is, is she's battered and shaken, so obviously she has no choice but to lay up in bed and continue reading her slave stories. Um, Ophelia and Ruben secretly get married, uh, so things are looking up, but oh no, Ruben is talking back to the overseer, so you know what that means. Take your drink for our first whipping of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> then literally five minutes later, Ruben punches the overseer. Yeah, he was like, "No, nah, I ain't like getting whooped." <laughs> he's looking like in. On, he's looking in on Ophelia. Like the overseer is like watching Ophelia. I guess get undressed. So like Ruben like beats him up, but then just goes back to being a slave. Like <laughs> try to escape or anything like that. Just goes back to work like nothing ever happened uh yep. so th- <laughs> the next day reuben's gonna be whipped again but not so fast because it's ophelia's turn on the post as she sacrifices herself and i guess just makes emmeline very sad like she's yeah. she doesn't yeah, like volunteers to, see to be whipped which is like definitely historically accurate <laughs> and historically accurate that the 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 slave owner's wife would yes. protest and and doesn't she also like offer herself to be she's like with me instead yeah yep. she does and nobody listens to her. So <laughs> uh, soon after that, Ruben is sold and things get messier because Ophelia reveals to Emmeline that she's pregnant. Luckily, Emmeline has a genius plan. She'll also get pregnant. I also get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, nobody will 
even look at Ophelia and realize that she's pregnant, even though she might, I don't know, be showing or have morning sickness or anything that like that. Uh, or even just the idea that like you can just will yourself to get pregnant and like be pregnant at the same time as Ophelia. But I guess it works because she <laughs> gets pregnant. And back in the present, this diary has Angie questioning love, slavery, and even the color of her man's skin. Ugh. Put a pin on that because we're going to spend at least an hour discussing yeah, what, that what line. What question? Because... Quickly. <laughs> it's crazy. How do you question slavery? How do you question slavery? <laughs> Was you not questioning it earlier? Did you, not, did you like it earlier? And you thought, oh, maybe, maybe it might be good. Cameron, she's got some notes now that she's. I got some notes. Diary. <laughs> This, this book's got some notes. <laughs> Back in slave times, Emily gives birth, but oops, it's a girl. So Jackson's upset, and he rips the baby away to give it to Ophelia, who, oops, is nursing her own secret baby in the closet. <laughs> and even though just a minute ago, he swore he wouldn't let black hands deliver his baby. Right, right. He throws what is clearly a doll at Ophelia to take care of, so... Having suffered the indignity of having a, his child nursed by black milk. <laughs> With, quote, unquote, by the way. Jackson demands a son from Ophelia. And so cut to nine months later, or uh, from, from Emily, not Ophelia. So cut to nine months later when Emily is giving birth once again, this time to a boy. But uh-oh, this child has dark hair and dark skin. By the way, Ophelia but delivers this baby. So black hands yeah, are touching the baby. With, with her black hands. So he ain't got no scruples. <laughs> but let's let Emmeline explain what happened. And I quote, My grandmother was full-blooded Milwaukee. I myself am one quarter. She married a man with red hair and red skin. All right. <laughs> but she had Sums it all up. Ready. She was like, this is all the truth. I just went through crazy labor pains, but I know all this. <laughs> uh, so... Jackson just presumably has the child killed, just like dragged out and sent away, put somewhere. I I don't know. I don't know. So after all that, what could possibly be next? You ask. How about the Civil War? Uh, <laughs> Union soldiers <laughs> march up to the McGrath home and announce all slaves are free, with basically the authority and temperament of a waiter telling you they have Pepsi and not Coke. Um, so now. <laughs> Not only that, but also don't forget the temperament of the slaves who found out when they just gave it like a fist pump and a high five. They were like, "Yes, can't we free, wait, dog. We free, bro. Let's go. Let's just go. We leave." Uh, and not only that, but now Ophelia's son Isaiah and Emmeline's daughter are hooking up, uh -oh. getting a little spicy around the McGrath plantation. Hey, do you guys remember Andrew? Well. Angie finally does and goes to his house out of the blue to start touching things on his mantle without permission yep. and then hand delivers a book of family trauma. Andrew reads the final entries, which include lines such as, do not look up on your surname with hatred and resentment. You have the chance to carry on what the women in your family have started. So when I am gone, the McGrath name is synonymous with freedom and acceptance. I don't have a belch ready. I was going to have a belch ready for that. I didn't have This one. is then followed by perhaps the wildest scene in the movie where the daughter gives birth to her and Isaiah's child, but then Jackson rushes in, orders everyone killed, Ophelia dies, the daughter is whipped to death, and then Emmeline shoots Jackson and the overseer. Yep. Like, all in, like, a two-minute span. Imagine being uh, shit, so you kind of can't. Imagine how bad this movie is that I hate a movie where a slave master gets shot in the face. That should be automatic top tier. Yeah. 
<laughs> Bro, <laughs> two two slave masters got got shot, and I was like, yawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's easy for Emily to cover this all up because he just says that it was some kind of land dispute or financial dispute, and she keeps it moving, presumably owning the slaves. <laughs> or like or, still running the plantation on some way shape or form so then we fast forward to the present day where angie and ophelia or andrew and angie start the search for ophelia's grave marker on their plantation uh they frolic about a bit i think they have a picnic of sorts at some point uh them niggas had a andrew, picnic. <laughs> andrew finds the grave of the slave master and rambles some respectability politics bullshit about <laughs> not being able to hate him because he's got a few drops of blood in him Bro. uh and then he also helps angie fix up the house and says something along the lines of uh he can't let the house that his family loved and cared for go into disrepair or some shit like that again N- your family was yeah. slaves nigga they love that house bro. <laughs> they did not love that house <laughs> um yeah if anything they probably would want yeah. you to burn it but uh <laughs> So eventually, amongst all this, Angie and Andrew just start fucking. And Angie afterwards admits that she's never thought once about black men at all until Andrew curled her toes. So then the movie ends with them finding Fuck. Ophelia's grave, getting married with no black people in attendance. Nope, not a black the wedding, soul in attendance. And then having a biracial child that presumably Man. ends racism. And that's... she's mavis beacon she's mavis beacon she's a beacon of hope what a crazy movie and that's the cricket stance that's the cricket stance i have something i want to put up front here right because i feel like we can and will roast this movie because it deserves that but also everything coming to it one of our just prerogatives here on the show going off of our namesake right is that we don't highlight or justify the white gaze so i'm not really even here to give this director the time of day in terms of like discussing this movie from a standpoint of anything that she intended to do because she clearly (laughs) i guess probably had intentions and it's just not even not even recognizable so come close instead i like to discuss just why Right? Like, why Why does this movie exist? Because, like, we got here somehow. Like, we talk about this all the time. Movies, they need money. They need financing. Mm. Somebody has to distribute them. Mm. Somebody has to put these things on Amazon and Tubi and all these other places mm. to be watched. This movie won, allegedly, at film festivals. <laughs> People seemingly had good things to say about it. Although if you go to the IMDb, a lot of those are paid for uh, the reviews <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> so like we all watched the same madness and craziness. And Alexis, I know you had a lot of thoughts just in terms of not even just like the movie itself, but like what, what white people specifically think they're doing when they make movies like this or at least think the reception of the movie is going to be uh so i'm just going to cede the floor to you now to just kind of get some of those thoughts i mean i think it's supposed to be you know one of those peace and love 
you know, fluffied up moments. We just have to forgive each other, forgive your slave master and your single mother and gangbangers and like whatever the fuck he was talking about, you know. Um, I, you know, you got me there. <laughs> like, I think that's what they wanted. <laughs> I cannot see anything that's like flopped harder in that like message. <laughs> But I also I want to highlight something really, really quick um, that, that was missed in the summary that I think is really important when they were having their little like their little when the movie turns into a mystery caper and they're looking for the um, graves. <laughs> Do you remember the moment where they see see the whipping post? And the shackles yes. and, and the shackles like, that he found each other's breathing really hard. And the love scene is actually right after that. That's when they're feeding each other Chinese. Yep. Yes. That's this great like forgiveness moment. Like, oh, man, my answers got the shit whooped out of me. But next thing you see each other what? Chinese food. Yeah. Well, it's like and in that moment, right? Like. It's it's Andrew who finds the shackles and oh, is God. like looking bewildered yeah. at that they exist. And then Angie's just kind of like, yeah, oof. <laughs> tough break. I, I don't think Andrew yeah. really has a really full grip on like what slavery is. I think he was just kind of discovering in that moment, yeah. like, oh damn, there's slaves down here. Well, the whole so the whole premise of the movie, right, is very. I mean, not just confused, but confusing because I don't know. It's it's not clear if Miss Claudia is a descendant of the people who owned this house right. originally, or if she just came into ownership of the house mm. because she's not related to Angie. No. Right. And that would have been the, the real, like this movie is an right. abomination. If the, the descendant of somebody who owned Andrew's family then turned out to be the woman that he marries. Right. And, and she has a different last name. Like, it's like a really interesting, like passing of the book because nobody living but, uh, can take responsibility <laughs> for slavery because they're not actually related to the so claudia is wainwright she's not related yeah. to the mcgrads and she's not even related to claudia who owns the plantation so this is really interesting mm -hmm. strategic like we're just going to pass the buck to these like white people who aren't responsible for it who can teach andrew love they right. yeah, had to love a white <laughs> woman i guess <laughs> my nigga looked longingly at a pair of shackles and was like, you know what I need? <laughs> a white woman. Because there are no black women in Georgia. Don't forget. In in modern Georgia. No, because there, there are no black women in modern Georgia. He's, he, he, he could not find one to he save tried. his life. I'm sure he did. The only woman he could find was the woman who <laughs> worked opposite him in the room. In the same I, office as him. It was her or the secretary who behind his back right. called him a buck. So yeah. I think it's I mean, it, it seems like he would have been down with that, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Who can say? Who can say? Again, no but black the, women in Georgia. <laughs> the thing the thing that's just wild about this movie, right, is one, the way that it frames slavery, but also like this romantic, just like continued romance between mm -hmm. like slaves friendships like the romance and the friendship right like the the romance between ophelia and reuben and then the romance between the daughter and isaiah and then the mm -hmm. supposed friendship between <laughs> <laughs> Angie and, Andrew. 
Oh no, there's the oh, between oh. Uh, Ophelia and and Emily. Yeah, hey. because one, it posits that white women in slavery times were good and virtuous, and slavery they didn't really like it. It was icky, <laughs> and like they'd rather have nothing to do with it, which is. Not only just an outright lie, right? Like a lot of the, it's like the, known the mis- that the women were the worst yeah. ones. Well, in a lot of ways, because they had almost no power, right? I mean, it was between them and the like the overseers, like mm-hmm. the overseers and the other white people who worked on the plantation, but weren't you know like in charge or had or like were the masters of the house. They were just above the slave. I mean, you know, like. If the master wanted to, he probably could have whipped them too. But like it was, it was a a, a matter of keeping everything in check and keeping everybody in their place, right? Mm-hmm. So like their thing was like, well, we're not slaves, even though we're more or less out here doing. We're in the yeah. sun with them for however many hours a day, and we're like, you know, tasked with doing some manual labor around here, while you know the the owners and the family of the house don't have to do anything. But like. Even the idea, so like, Emmeline rolls up, right? She says, "This is this is one of many lines that I could not make heads or tails of." I watched it twenty times, maybe <laughs> like ran it back, and I think what happened. I I think I told this to you before, Cameron. I think that the actress who's playing Emmeline is literally reading stage direction because this is what she says. Oh, you told me about to Ophelia. Yeah. She says verbatim, quote, Jackson's groom, period, private, period. I'm truly unhappy. Which is not a sentence. The the thing about but, Jackson's groom, that's what I was like, what do you even yeah. mean? Is it like a did you did the, the person who did the captions get it wrong or but then the no, private she, part makes sense because that's it's like a private aside to her. Yeah. Happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like that's her reading stage directions one thousand percent. But the Jackson's groom part is like, what the fuck do you even? Mean? I don't know what's happening. That doesn't make it made the final cut of the film. So. Man, everything they made really the final cut. In one take. Like they didn't stop. Filmed in one take for sure. <laughs> so, I, I, I bet no scene went more than three takes. hundred dollars on it. Like they they frame Emmeline as just like this poor persecuted woman who like God if she could just live her life and her and Ophelia could like go have mimosas somewhere or mint juleps or I don't know whatever Possible. y'all are drinking back then and, and hanging mint out juleps. because it's like she's like spends all her time hanging out with Ophelia and like she doesn't really like her being a slave even though on the way there. She could have just been like, go. Like, don't come with don't me be a slave. to this plantation. You or are just free be now. My slave and it'll be yeah, a little or, less bad for you, I guess. You know, because I, I think she's driving the carriage or something like that. I mean, whoever's driving the carriage, she could have just been like, yo, here's money. Go to the nearest whatever and like just go north, you know? And then she's like, hey, come to this new plantation with me. Where I have no guarantees of your safety or like anything, and then I guess we'll just like share notes at the end of every day in your cabin. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a life! You know what I mean? It's what like she because she has she has more or less no power right, right on the plantation, but 
instead of doing what a lot of white women did, which was basically take it out on the slaves or just use whatever like little limbs of power they could grab to just get a foothold in there and kind of create their own little dominion within this uh plantation like mm. she's seemingly very sympathetic to all slaves and like wants the best for them i guess in some way like her daughter is sleeping with and then subsequently gets married to a, a slave like somebody that she owns right and like legally in the eyes of the law is not a person right yeah. is property right. and she's like this is great nothing bad could happen from this year. she really had a hopeful moment there <laughs> she really did and then in the present angie's reading this like what a love story <laughs> What what a moment between two people. This is the greatest love story that I've ever read. Again, like I have to could have to imagine, right? Even if this is being written by some combination of white women, I guess. At a certain point, Emmeline takes over and writes the last couple of entries in the journal after her daughter dies. Yeah. But like she couldn't have gone back and written the beginning to fill in the gaps that her daughter could not have known about. So that still doesn't make sense, but it's like you would it's like cut around, right? These moments that she's writing about. Like mm-hmm. what the day-to-day life of Ophelia and Isaiah and Reuben are probably like. How do you it's, know that? How it's not even it's, the day-to-day life. There's their private their private right. conversations. <laughs> Like, literally, they profess their love by night. You weren't there, bitch. <laughs> I guess Ophelia, like, recant, like just recalls it for her. Because there's a scene where they, like. she's, yeah, she's talking about, and we professed our love to the stars and God. And can we also, I, we've gone too long without mentioning this. They are speaking in full slave dialect. Oh, there's but, a lot yeah. of eyes and me's and uh sometimes they don't even like and... they don't even work like as the, the actors are even having trouble like they'd be like as promises to take use and they're like they're they're tripping over it and i'm like okay literally slaves spoke like this so they could just like communicate they weren't just making up like more complicated <laughs> versions of words to say <laughs> they just wanted to communicate but you have to imagine it's written that way, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's not necessarily even like they're. I mean, they're not ad libbing anything, but I feel like the way that you're they're saying it, right? Like yes. because the way that the slave master is talking is also like no human being has ever talked before. So I feel like everybody in this movie is just trying to say the lines <laughs> as written, and it's just a mess. Like none of it makes any sense. So you've got all these different romances in here right Mm -hmm. these slaves are not given any humanity or like any semblance of like personhood like the way that the movie tries to to sell it to you is that like one day isaiah i want to say correct me if i'm wrong or not isaiah reuben makes ophelia like a cotton keepsake like doesn't he like mm-hmm. mold cotton into something mm-hmm. and give it to her mm-hmm. as like a 
I love you kind of sentiment in few in full view of the overseer who's just over there. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just <laughs> barely off screen. Like hold watching on, hold them. On to this. Oh, shit. They, they looking, they looking. <laughs> but it's like, you don't have, we don't get any interiority to these characters. We don't get any semblance of like, I guess their hopes and dreams were to make mixed babies. Raise, I mean, yeah, that's babies. all the black characters are conduit to make mixed babies. It happens twice. Like they play the same plot point twice, and I'm like, yes. if it didn't work in the 1800s, they why? Why are we saying why Andrew and Andy <laughs> thought it would work? Then? You read the book. Things are still racist. I was going to say that's like my major gripe with the movie, though. I I didn't realize it up until this viewing that this movie is all every character, every. Uh, every impetus that every character has, literally the framework of the movie from uh, Angie's first date to Angie and Andrew's child at the end is all to serve like sweeping romances within sweeping romances. Like this is just, it's simply a romance novel set amongst slavery, which is like, of all things, you... Yeah, you could have chosen anything. It could be people working at the YMCA. It could have been people who met at a baseball game. It could have been anything. It could have been any damn thing. But the no. one setting that these people, what, uh, Robillard, who, uh, Deborah Robillard and Veronica yeah. Robledo, by the way, a little similar, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, are we sure they're not the same person? Um, <laughs> these people, uh, in the pursuit of, like, yeah, interracial romance, honestly. Yeah, well, like, it's all in service of making a... She's biracial. <laughs> She's a biracial girl. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently, Stalls... Can we just talk about the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, I don't even remember. I don't know if you do, Cameron. Like, Angie gets, like, a closing monologue about the future love and the or future. some shit like that yeah and then like we see their biracial child like at like age four or five four like five. not even yeah. as a baby exactly. like as like a <laughs> like she's been a around for a minute child. and like like hey the imagery of her running around yeah like plantation. skipping into the sunset because if there was yep. one thing plantations were devoid of was mixed race children. Let us not forget. <laughs> <laughs> just just galloping in the one. fields. Uh, so <laughs> there's that. But then it's also like it just kind of ends on this like moment of. Yeah, if we could all just like have yeah. mixed race kids and we, then we like would solve all the problems of the future. Yeah, just get freaky with it. <laughs> because going back to that line that she says right where she reads the diary and then she says this has me questioning love slavery and the color of a man's skin right which is just like Ugh, you ugly as fuck you out of pocket because <laughs> tell say more right tell me more about what these questions? questions yeah what questions <laughs> do you have homegirl i would love it's, to know it's very subtly like slipped under the rug like angie is racist like when she has that conversation with um andrew where she's talking about she's never really 
thought about black men. Thought She's kind of implied she was scared of them beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there were some lines that flag that, but like she's clearly saying that she had some kind of internal, probably external bias, right? And that's right. just kind of swept under the rug, like really quickly, really said in passing that this, which is probably why her black client knew he was going to fucking go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, damn, my lawyer's racist, but she I does. This bitch. <laughs> Why <laughs> that? Like, Angie is racist, and like, we have no discussion over this. And no, oh, and, oh, and then Andrew was like, "No, you're human." Yes. That was the line for yeah. me. He's like, yes. you're not yes. racist. You're human. Oh my god! So, I kind of let those scenes like I kind of let those scenes go because they're the quick interludes between like the epic slave romance. But I kind of like like let them go. But then on the first viewing, but then on the second viewing, I was like. She a low-key racist, and so is Janice, or whoever the fuck works at Janice this. Janice is, is overtly racist as fuck. Yeah. Like, she probably yes. says the N-word. It, it probably had the N-word in the original script instead of Buck. <laughs> <laughs> well, also... Maybe she tried it up. in an earlier take, and then Homeboy, who played uh, Andrew, was like, what'd you say now? She was hitting that R too hard. <laughs> she was like, oh, there's a lot of niggers named grass." <laughs> <laughs> but bringing that up... There's another line that I'm I'm just reading now that like there I forget when it is. It's it's a little bit after when they're like fixing up the house and Angie looks at Andrew and says, I see them in you. Meaning yeah. his ancestors, mm-hmm. meaning slaves. <laughs> like, Bro, I know what you see. <laughs> I s I d do, I don't want to see it, but you you got a beam on it apparently. <laughs> You kind of look like a slave now that I see you in this light. Yeah, put this potato sack on real quick. <laughs> Which also, all them slaves, why are they so clean? You, bro, like, they, it's they, like they all went to like Nordstrom Rack and just cut the <laughs> sleeves off of everything they wore. Clean in every scene. Yep. Like every time we see them, just like white, very white, crisp outfits, like clothes fit. Just like unironed, just unironed. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, with the sleeves just, cut off. Everything's a little bit too big, but it clearly kind of came from H&M. Yep, for right. sure. Like, again, even the slave owners at that time, their clothes were not that clean because they were just being like hand washed by whatever you had at the time. So more, they were probably wearing just newer clothes than you were wearing, but you were just yeah. wearing whatever, A, they didn't want or like literally whatever you could make because they would not give you clothes you know what i mean right uh so the fact that they're all the fact that jackson repeatedly goes on and on about the dire finances of the plantation and yet all of his slaves <laughs> are in a j crew catalog like maybe that's part of the issue <laughs> uh I was, what's his name uh uh yeah uh ruben fucking looks like um Morris Day for a second. Like, <laughs> this shit was fresh. He had fucking ruffles on the front of his shit. I was like, bro, are you in this movie or are you supposed to be in Purple Rain? Like, which one are you supposed to be in? That, fresh you know. lineup, right? Everybody, fresh nobody's clean, got a bad cut. Clean cuts all around, except I love the hair that they put on the other slaves. Like, so basically, they, I guess they told all the other slaves, like, don't do your hair that day. And then we're going to put a little extra oomph on top of it. <laughs> and that's going to be well, your slave hair. A little kink, yeah. Just uh, really sell. Yeah, they like literally like <laughs> tore off steel wool and painted it black and put it on top of other people's hair. It's like a, it's a real mess. It's real sad. But can we? So can we talk about Andrew? Right. 
A lot of questions about Andrew. Lots of questions. Specifically, the way that this movie is written, Andrew is really just a vehicle to assuage white guilt, right? Like, he is there to forgive whiteness and slavery (laughs) and all these other things. Like, that line that you said, Alexis, where he says, you're not racist, you're human. Which is just, like, I was on the verge of turning the movie off at that point yeah i think i had to pause it at that point you know i i had to pause it because that's really the the crux of the whole movie like oh no this is natural it's okay they just need to learn to love their way through it everyone thinks like this what is it do you think about the white people that make these movies and the white people that enjoy these movies that they have this desperate need for being forgiven for some shit or not even really forgiven but more so because the way that it plays out for andrew is like we we have some forgiving to do like we're the ones that have to look in the mirror and say what could we do differently yeah there's no no innocent parties in slavery here (laughs) (laughs) because the way that andrew's talking at that slave master gravesite is like if only black people could stop killing each other and like you know get get out of the slave mentality more or less you know what i mean like i <laughs> he's just he's he's pulling straight from the jason whitlock playbook like he's just <laughs> like if only <laughs> black people jason could whitlock pull themselves. has bought this movie for sure. <laughs> i'm sure he funded it like he, he might have been a producer uh but like just just again an insane respectability respectability politics monologue for he forgives the slave master yeah forgives angie mm-hmm. for just general white thoughts and then <laughs> there's a little black on black crime sprinkled in there yeah. just like oh, yeah. to be flirty about mm-hmm. gangbangers and all that but so that's what, what yeah, you flirt what, over <laughs> and, and Chinese food, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what, what, but what do you think it is about again the people that make these movies or the people that watch these movies like that need to be like, hey, let's just call it even, y'all. I mean, it's it's <laughs> an easy way out because I mean, at one point we see the material realities of the aftermath of slavery, right? Who owns the big ass house and who doesn't? who's getting called slurs at their job and who isn't. So we see like there is a material afterlife of slavery, right? And that's, I mean, I don't think the those kinds of people are ignorant of that. You know, I think the whole peace and love shit is like an easy way out. So they ignore those material realities, even though they're right there, it's written into the movie. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if we could just get to love each other a little bit more, you know, here's something that we can all agree mm-hmm. on but then that also puts responsibility on the descendants of enslaved people. So it's more, oh, passing the buck. I probably shouldn't have been saying that earlier, but more passing the buck. Hey, <laughs> come on. That's the word. <laughs> Since that's the word of this movie, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an easy way out. It's not talking about reparations. It's not talking about affirmative action. It's like, well, we made the mistake of not loving each other. And that's something that we can just clean up really quickly. But I get to keep the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, what do you think? Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know what it is in 
like white people's bodies or whoever like makes these movies or writes these books where they feel like they have to set something in this time so that there can be an opportunity for somebody to make the right decision along the way, right? Because yeah. like slavery writ large, done what it did, did what it did, right? No, uh, mm-hmm. there's pretty much a winning and a lose. Not a you know winning because there's both sides are losing sides, but uh, there's obviously like someone was right and someone was wrong. We and were both I wrong. Th- we were we. <laughs> Andrew told Andrew told black people that we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's it's this need to, I feel like it's just this need to be absolved. This need to uh, not be forgiven because like, I they feel like that's, wrong. yeah, it, well, they didn't do anything <laughs> wrong, but also like, I feel like white people are like, so past it. They're trying to get, they're trying to get past it, but black people are never going to be past it, right? So we yeah. have to give loving opportunities or opportunities where there was romance. See, like a black man fell in love, like a slave fell in love with th- these people. It crossed class lines. It crossed racial lines. Love knows no bounds. And it's like. Now, can we say just to put it up front, like what happened between Emily's daughter and Isaiah was rape because what? you can't totally have consensual that. sex with Right. Property. Right. right. What if he <laughs> like, said no? What if he said no? You know, what happened afterwards? It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. So that that part that we just gloss over as a great romance where that's and also and also like for real, fam, like there was uh what? There's um restitution for that because he goes to war and he dies. Isaiah does yep. not make it back from the Civil War. It's like even in this movie, when you're trying to do something right, you still do it wrong. Like, like, like the um, what is the restitution? Is it correct? No. Well, because I, I don't think they're interested in that. I think it's it's very interesting in so many of these films that we watch, and just in general, when you listen to a lot of white people talk, favorite argument, right? I wasn't alive when slavery happened. You know what I mean? I wasn't around to, that was to a million participate years ago. Why you want that? Yeah, like why, I didn't do that. Why should I you know, pay for the sins of my ancestors, basically, right? We're like, one, I mean, I'm suffering the consequences of what was done to my ancestors to start. And that In real I time. wasn't around for slavery, right? But also, might not have been around for slavery, but... I feel like there's people alive who are around for, say, Jim Crow, and there are people who are alive that are around for redlining, and there are people who are alive who are around for the war on drugs, and there's people who are alive who are around for all kinds of things that continue to happen today. So it all is a straight line from slavery. So even if you want to try and zig and zag out the way of that one, like, you know, it's on a continuum where we're getting to present day, and you can trace it all back to that right but it's and movies so, like, like this and stories like this that get to be like the forgiven the one yeah. moment where we we got for, we got forgiven or you know right we got forgiven but it's also it's like this idea that there's because i think in white people's minds wouldn't it be great if there is a quick fix Yo, right yeah. wouldn't it be great if there was just a like that wasn't okay. reparations well it wasn't reparations but also it was just like and and we're good right 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the the ask is like Yeah, I feel like you- white people are wishing for like a 2024 or like a 2025 where it's like that was the year where racism ended. It, it's over. Right. It, it, it's over and and wash. you can't you can't ask anything else of us. Yeah, right? no, like, and we don't g- talk about slavery anymore, fam. We all <laughs> We gave you that one, right? Like we've moved past that. Again, the United States government on record has never apologized for slavery, right? Never. There's not like a written like oops. Yo, even in <laughs> that the movie, was bad. <laughs> even in the movie when the when the union officers or when the Confederate officers or whoever the fuck showed up to say that uh the Emancipation Proclamation had been passed. They still presented their arms at them niggas. They still yep. pointed their guns <laughs> at us. They never apologized. They was like still no. like, hey, it's all No, they were like, you're with us now. You, yeah, go, we're hey, rolling out now. Get yeah, come, come like just come war. with us right now. <laughs> come and fight the war. That's about y'all, <laughs> right? Because like that's kind of just the the reverberating message of so many of these movies that we watched. Even again, going back to the ride, or you know something like Green Book, where it's just like, well, look at this un uncommon, unusual friendship between two people. <laughs> Who would have thought that a white person and a black person in this time period could even begin to have anything resembling a friendship and it lasted their entire lives now a lot of those true stories you look behind the scenes and you're like that was bullshit right <laughs> like yeah. that didn't happen the way that you say that it happened but in a case like this where it's fiction i feel like in a lot of ways it's even more egregious right because yeah. like you have not even just the luxury of google and like all these things where you could just do a little research Minor into research, it, by the way, and and maybe come up with something a little bit different. But then on top of that, right? So there's a part I think where Angie says something along the lines, and this is the new this is the new flavor I've seen a lot of the times in movies like this, where it's it's a remixing of a different line, where it's just like, and I could never know what it's like to be you. Right, you know what I mean. Like I, can, I, could, I could never, never know understand what that life was like, so I won't. <laughs> is they finish is how they in their mind how they finish the sentence? You know what I mean? Like, well, since it's impossible, I guess I won't even. I just, I, I just won't. And it, and <laughs> you it's, know, we, it's rare situations like Angie's situation where she literally found the diary of the ancestors <laughs> of the house to like right. to literally guys- like. It's astounding. Like, slavery astounds me. This is crazy. Yeah. This is- and it's astoundingly violent. That's one thing that surprised me about the movie is, aside from, you know, the random love stories that are thrown back and forth and the completely guiltless white women, it. I don't think it sugarcoats some of the violence of slavery. I mean, there are, like, two whipping scenes almost back-to-back. I'm pretty sure yeah. they occur within, like, ten minutes of each other. So uh-huh. it was astoundingly violent, and I'm, I was really shocked at how the author or director did not try to like hand wave that or make it seem you know far more kinder than it was which makes the storyline even more egregious that racism was a mutual understanding a mutual misunderstanding when we see who's getting the shit kicked out of them and who isn't granted Mm -hmm. there is all this fictional violence towards white women that is added in it i guess to make up for the fact that they did acknowledge the violence of slavery that they weren't just you know, working jobs they didn't want to work. Like these people were getting right. tortured. 
And I'm, I'm really shocked that they made that creative choice, but it just makes it even worse. It's, it's like that whole, like, um, I don't know when I was a kid, I guess when you, uh, accidentally hit your sibling or something like that. And you're like, Oh, hit me, hit me. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It's okay. Like, don't tell, as long as you don't tell mom. As long as it doesn't go to the higher powers, as long as I got hit and we're fine, you know, we're even. Uh, right. It, it's like, yeah, as long as we go through some of this stuff, it, we're even, right? Like, because white right. people went through violence under themselves as well. It's all. It's also awful for us. It's like this. Right. I, I I don't know. It's like this. Like this slavery being the sandbox is really just like my big fucking get with this movie. Like I, I'm really disgusted by the fact that who whatever love story they wanted to tell why do it in the sandbox of slavery why do it with this setting and can we also ask the big question that the movie fails to ask angie's family probably owns slaves right boom like angie's family <laughs> probably has some history of either being slave owners or overseers or what like odds are if you have family ties in the south and you're white that somewhere down the line in your family tree, there's somebody who, not even just because they all benefited from slavery, right? Whether or not they right. owned slaves, it was a it was a boon to all whites in the South, right? Because like, either you just owned a plantation, big or small, right? Or you were working on a plantation, right? Which was just like you were gainfully employed forever more or less unless you like really fucked up and like it would take a lot to fuck up so bad that you got fired from me <laughs> you know I'd more be or less slave. an indentured i would have been that you know slave. I, mean? <laughs> I would have been so bad at slavery that i had to go get fired they just send you back like now well, send us one back to nigeria we've not yeah. yeah. I, I was bet. talking about i was talking about white people i don't know if they would have fu- fired you in a way that you would have liked to get <laughs> oh you're right a different oh you mean death there you mean yeah. death? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I probably would have died. Which is like, again, just like, walk through this scene with me. Ruben, on a journey. Ruben sees the overseer looking at Ophelia undressed. Walks up to him, yokes him up, punches him allegedly so hard that he wakes up the next day. <laughs> In a different place. <laughs> He got knocked out and then he woke up and fell out again. He was beat up so bad. And then Ruben just keeps working as a slave. Yep. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, I should get out of here because right. there's no I'm probably to be gonna like, die. I should get the fuck out of here because I will be what whatever like whatever waits for me is way worse than death. Yeah, like did he not think he was gonna get whipped? Like, did he? What did he think There's, was gonna eat? <laughs> this movie doesn't understand slavery, by the way, because like, I feel like people who would watch this movie would be like, "Oh yeah, Ophelia and Emmeline, they they were so good friends. Ophelia yes. was doing Emmeline's hair all the time. They were taking care Gab- of her baby, Gavin and Osmond taking care of her baby. She took care of her child. What kind of person yeah, would do gave that? Her, oh, gave her that slave? black milk." <laughs> <laughs> The way that Just he said black yeah, milk. <laughs> it was like he practiced real hard in the trailer. He was like, black milk. Make sure I get the black milk. Milk. Got it, got it, got it. Mm. Just milk, milk with a hard R. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> really... 
Now that actor played that role a little too well. He was he was he was gunning for something. I don't know. Sadly, he's what... the best actor in the movie, or at least the one who's like at, he read the script. He was like, "I'm a slave owner." Got it. <laughs> <laughs> because like even the bad guy, there's the bad guy slave owner, the guy with like the Willem Dafoe face, you know. Yeah. The one who's like, there's always like a slave owner, the charming slave owner, and then there's the one who's like the ugly one who did all the bad yeah. shit, and that's that's uh, I guess that David they said his name was, he's yeah. the one who do, does all the whipping, but his whippings were so like light, I would have <laughs> reacted like David Chappelle in that sketch, we're like, what you doing, man? Got up from the slave post and got up, to take the whip from from him myself. It's like, if you want me to feel these things in the movie, do it. Don't. Don't half it. And I'm not saying, like, don't half it on a slave movie. I'm just saying, don't don't be like this. <laughs> don't do it like this. Laughing at a movie about slavery. Like, no. I know, because I'm, I'm cracking a smile when he's, like, whipping him on the whipping post. He's like, ah, oh, damn, ah, this hurts. And I'm like, come on. Come on, guys. The more I think about this movie and the more I think about what it implies in a lot of ways right which again is that these white women were not only virtuous from from start to finish right yes. from way back to present day right even though like they're all more or less the same person right like they're more more or less just this kind of like i if if i wasn't personally affected by what was happening here like right. i would not give a shit like oh. there would be no I would make no effort to change or do anything, right? But they're all built yeah. to be heroes, right? Emily mm-hmm. is supposed to be a hero. She's mm-hmm. supposed to be a heroic woman who I I again walk me through this plan. Ophelia is pregnant. Boom. Your plan is to then also get pregnant. Get pregnant, yes. <laughs> on on command, just like huh? I will. I am not I will, pregnant. I will also <laughs> get pregnant. And I wonder. They, they will, <laughs> he will have no, he will have no choice but to let me be pregnant alongside you, and he will never get rid of you. But but no, it was more just like he'll be so focused on like me and the baby that he won't notice that you're pregnant. That 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 Ophelia you're pregnant. Like, you know, I guess you could just put her in increasingly larger uh, clothes <laughs> to hide it's how, the it's fact how that she's TV. showing or like even like, but that's, that's a, not even how pregnancy works. Like, <laughs> I, I actually want that half an hour of the movie where they're going through like the pregnancy hijinks trying to like hide Ophelia's pregnancy. Because like she would, she had no morning sickness. Like she was just not out of oh, it yeah. for a period of that like nobody was at like the day after she gave birth she was just up and about doing her you know what her job for the day like there's no way that this woman <laughs> especially in those times like yeah. no anesthetic right she's just given birth okay. <laughs> you know I mean? and then just gets uh like who delivered that baby not black hand. No, black, black hands did. Black black hands probably delivered that. Baby. Did she deliver her own baby? Was it the dude who presided over the marriage? That does he also the was doctor? It the ugly slave owner who was just like, <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to do but hang out here. But then, like, 
Because it seems like, because it happens twice. Like, she does it twice. Like, Mm -hmm. she, like, there's two secret pregnancies in the movie that I just don't, because then the daughter is pregnant. Boom. I guess unbeknownst to anybody. And that's even more absurd to think about because, like, he never. She's a little girl. People would be paying attention. Well, right. But, like, she's around the house and is this man's daughter. Like, to think that he would never once just look over at her and say you look different <laughs> cheeks have filled out a little bit seems you like, like you uh, weigh 35 more pounds what's going on there <laughs> you know i, mean? I don't know I, I just noticed something about you like no yeah nobody's paying attention because then yeah he comes in and he is just like i guess kill everybody yeah everybody's mm-hmm. gonna choice, die now you know you know yeah logical very logical yeah. it's just very so but like all of those women the daughter's heroic for writing a journal mm-hmm. to tell mm-hmm. her perspective she tells the story son to reclaim the mcgrath name and like carry on the women in his family's legacy which isn't ophelia Boom. <laughs> seems not. to be seems to be her and her mother carry on the family legacy of championing justice and like some other bullshit when it's just like you currently own slaves (laughs) that is the thing that you are doing right now is you write this dirt like how like the dissonance of that right to say well you know right now it's not great but in the future people are going to look at our family name because you the, the black child of our family are going to change hearts and minds about not racism, but just the, our family particular, the McGrath yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, the McGrath you know what I mean? family. That's so. that's what's most important, just that people look at the McGraths and say, they're all right. You know what I mean? Like, they're not. Those guys, they own slaves, but <laughs> they're pretty good now. I think they had a black we, baby, we, so I think they're yeah, all good, right? Yeah, no, they get a pass. So, like, I just, it's it's this movie's insistence that andrew apologize for slavery and Mm -hmm. then it's insistence that all the white women were not only never wrong right never never Mm -hmm. did anything to even like because we didn't even talk i mean like just thinking about let's talk a little bit about (laughs) about white women's roles within like abolition and white women's roles within like furthering racial justice because one of the things that is just a fact right throughout history is that a lot of the times what has been considered advancements for white women is not intersectional right so like Mm -hmm. white women are benefiting but women of color or women on the whole right Mm -hmm. not so much secondly right this is just could ask her ask a black woman <laughs> ask a black woman working in a professional setting if they've ever had an encounter with a white woman at their job which has not even just been duplicitous right but has been like that woman stepped on me to get to Baby. the place that she was trying to get to right <laughs> because think about 
just for example, I don't know, Ida B. Wells and Susan B. Anthony <laughs> and the multitude of other white women that she had to deal with, you know, like the famous march where she went to Washington with all of her black women that mm-hmm. were going to march. And they were like, nah, y'all got to get in the back. Right. Because we don't yeah. want to be seen with you. Yeah, I can't stand if, up here. <laughs> if, if people see black women involved in this march for women's rights, that's going to be bad for us. Y'all better not dirty up our march. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even this whole McGrath legend, again, who benefits from it? It's Angie getting a fucking house and learning to <laughs> forgive herself for being racist and getting a black husband, I guess. So, like, it. It's yeah. so funny how this movie accidentally on purpose says the opposite <laughs> of what it's trying to say so yes. many times. And yes. yeah, clearly using, I mean, Black history, Black women, violence against the Black people to reach this present where Angie can be comfortable with herself. Like, that's what we're mm-hmm. all doing yeah. this for. And then Andrew gets, like, a little room in the back, I guess. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Do you think? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you think he gets his quarters? You mean? Do you think he looked at one of them and was like, "I can do something with that"? No. <laughs> he literally looked at this boss room in the house. He's like, "I don't know." Some, like, I'm gonna set up my Xbox in the in the, in the cabin. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Turn the slave cabins into his man cave. I watch football because it's out just here like, on weekends. Last thing I want to talk about with this movie, specifically the movie itself, and then we'll get into some other stuff. But like, I I think the biggest thing that's just so jarring about it is that like we were just talking about it, just the reality. And the movie, right? Like the reality of what slavery was and what it encompassed and what it like resulted in. Mm. And then what the movie purports it to be, which I guess was like a time that wasn't so great. Although, you know, black people had good times too, I guess. Like they got married and they get married and they don't, so they don't even really get into the idea of, yes, like Ruben gets shipped out but like what is that like to have family members mm-hmm. basically being ripped away from you at any given moment right. right you know what i mean like just you could wake up and for no reason at all other than they found someone better or they were tired of <laughs> like housing and feeding this particular relative of yours like your mother is gone your grandmother is gone your son is gone yeah you know what i mean your daughter is gone Mm -hmm. just gone like they're just they've just been taken away and you're never going to see them again you know what i mean and we get like one melancholy scene where ophelia looks out the window as ruben is being sold i guess and like the idea too Right. A lot of those instances when slaves get sold for doing what Ruben did, it's not like, well, I guess it's not like, <laughs> this sounds terrible. It's not like the NBA where it's just like, well, I guess we'll just trade him for like, bro, stop. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, like a, like a, like a, well, we need a like new power forward. <laughs> but we're going to get like 
equity, right? Like he he was like the one that did this specific thing. So like we need to replace him and we'll just send him to like we're sending him to the worst place yeah. to die. The Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> they got John Morant now. They're doing pretty good in their playoffs. Yeah, shout but, out John Morant. <laughs> but it's like, but it's put like they intentionally yeah. there were there were plantations that were more or less just like this is where you go to die. Mm-hmm. They work you to death, and like it was not even just like a like a speculative thing. Like slaves knew. Yeah. Like they talked and like word spread and people said if you get sent here like mm-hmm. that's it. Well, what it you know sold I mean? down river wasn't that the phrase they're going to sell you down the yeah. river literally, literally Mississippi to the biggest worst fucking place that we like cuz this was not a large plantation that they were on there in was this like movie. like seven slaves. Right. It's a very <laughs> they all knew each class other. plantation but I mean, they all high-fived big... each other when slavery right. was over. You're gonna go to this huge place in like some sugarcane um, plantation where the life expectancy is under ten years. You know, yeah. So, so that moment in the movie is just kind of like, oh, isn't it sad mm-hmm. that Ruben's leaving? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like <laughs> to speak to your point earlier about there being like no black interiority. There really are no black kinship networks aside from Ruben and Ophelia, right? Like, yeah, but again, really... their story is only to like supplement this epic romance. That's it's literally the, it's at the sake of the story. Just, yeah, just to Angie give this, gets that Angie has <laughs> yeah. this play grandma that gives her the house. She has play co-worker. Grandma. She has, I guess, this. She's got her father, Andrew. Yeah, she has yeah. her father. She's got that random dude that she goes on a date with and then calls up to do her a favor. Yeah, yeah. After the fact, but Rusty's got a good heart. <laughs> but all the black characters exist in isolation. They have absolutely no kinship networks. They have no family. They have no black friends. Yeah. yeah, all the all the black characters literally exist in the past because Andrew. <laughs> Is it besides the guy that assaults Angie? Yeah. It actually yeah. <laughs> was so jarring to see Andrew in like the house clothes, like wearing like a white t shirt and sweatpants. I was like, "What? You shouldn't you be wearing sweat? Oh, we're in the we're in the, we're in the present <laughs> times. You shouldn't be wearing slave clothing." Yes, I get it. I get it. I get it. Could you imagine though, just like a mis <laughs> a mistake where like he showed up in the wrong like this was all costume. the only costume I could find in the trailer. Was I not supposed to wear this? <laughs> Shit, that was. I guess we just got a roll. Do a take. Can you can you imagine just like somebody couldn't make it in that day, and they were just like Andrew, just just go in the background, and you'll just be like another slave. You know, what I mean, no, way. it'll be like an Easter. We just need, like, yeah, we just need like another to fill out the space. No one's gonna notice it's you. No one cares about. Oh, I mean, ooh, sorry. <laughs> Because that's the vibes. That's the vibes. Like, literally, this movie is so, like, the seven black people on this plantation when slavery is ended is just, like, so funny. It's just funny looking. It's crazy, too. Now that we've been talking about this, like, it really has dawned on me. That whole black romance is really just to give this white woman in the present some reading material at night. Yes. This movie, like, plays in the sandbox with slavery just to, like... Uh, uh, what is it to uh make room for this this romance that Angie gets? Like it's only yeah, to serve well, Angie's just... romance with this guy, and it's like mm-hmm. it's really like have to see she multiple people gets get, <laughs> gets whipped, 
Do we have to get to see uh, miscarriages and babies just ripped out of the uterus? Like, do we have to see this stuff in order for Andy so to go violent. on a decent date? Think about this, though. She reads that diary like like a like a romance novel like a she got novel. on sale on Kindle. You know what I mean? Not like a she just novel. <laughs> she's like, and then he took down his big old black pants. <laughs> I am not going to do my version of a Zayn novel here. It will get our podcast canceled. <laughs> but like she's she's reading this again as like a spicy romance uh, to like, you know, pass the time at night or while she's recuperating from, you know, being savagely beaten. Can I say those and are then, the worst scenes in the movie when she like comes up from reading the book? She's like, oh, my God, these people suffered so bad. Oh. And I'm like, I, I got to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> What is the page turner at? <laughs> but that also, can we say that the worst makeup, right? Her post beating makeup is like she looks like sloth from the Goonies. Like she's bro. got the craziest. Like, it looked like she had to hurt. It looked like she had to hurt, bro. It looked like the yeah. scene from Martin when his face is all swollen up. Yes. <laughs> oh man. And like the different, like the different layers of it. Like day, day one was like like the Martin face. Right, but then like day four was also like it didn't heal properly on the lip. Like, right, the lip was so bruised and big, but then you can see where the makeup ended and her lip began. It just looked like the hurt. It looked really bad. They're really, really trying. I it guess gross. But <laughs> what's this movie rated? Ooh, it's I don't rated even PG thirteen. I believe okay. it really got a rating. Uh, the MPAA garnished. This I guess thing. they had to look at it. Yeah. Oh jeez. Um. Well, let's. Let's transition slightly into some behind the scenes for this movie, right? Because there's some interesting things. Okay. Specifically uh, regarding, that Debra, <laughs> regarding you, Debra Alexis. Art. Oh, okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened after that that post that you did went yes. viral. Because yes. Yeah. Post went viral and... Veronica Robledo logged into Twitter for the first time in two years because she has not tweeted since like 2019 or 2020 to first tag me in a tweet and subsequently delete it and Uh also send me a direct message to which I never replied to because if I replied I was going to hurt her feelings (laughs) and I just I didn't want that on my conscience. Like, you know, sure. I'm just, Good for you. Good for I was you. Just trying to have a fucking laugh. Like, I don't know why she was in my inbox. I don't know if Steven Spielberg <laughs> steps into the inbox of people who don't like his movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull up the screenshots that I that I had um sent you of it so I can read it. Okay, this is what the DM says, and I quote. Um, hi, I would love the opportunity to change your mind about the cricket's dance. It was a passion project made with a lot of tears and sweat. Sending much love to you, Veronica, never replied to that. And the tweet that she tweet deleted, um, did I take a screen? It said something along the lines of, because she kept different energy in my DMs than she kept on the timeline. Something like, it's sad that someone would take a message about peace and love and make it negative. praying for you or wishing you the best or something along those lines and she tagged me i got i got the tweet right here okay. it says we got this the is from, and it's and it's not from her it's from uh v awakened production which i v. guess is veronica company. yeah mm-hmm. so 
the the tweet says it's sad to unleash negativity and division instead of love and unity i wish you peace with the peace emoji and love with a heart emoji hashtag the cricket stance but and then she tagged lexi and i (laughs) which is and then she deleted it soon afterwards but a quick note i think it's wild that it kind of kind of brings you into her head of the mentality of this movie that she thinks that I, that there's no power imbalance here, right? Like lady, you had the funding and resources to make up this history revisionist movie. I am a broke college student on the internet, on Twitter. (laughs) Yet you think that I can unleash negativity and division over this when you clearly are the power player here. This movie won awards, it has, halfway decent reviews you know <laughs> but again well, Monica, you have a production company right i have a twitter let, let's also be clear though that the the tweets that you sent out while like jokes were more or less what was happening in the movie yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you were just <laughs> tweeting the film so if tweeting the film is unleashing negativity and division then i think maybe <laughs> Think about the movie that you made and why you people might watch your movie. Think about it like that. Well, I mean, the the part about that message that she sent you that struck out to me was change your mind about the crooked's dance. I wonder what does that entail. I kind of wish I would think <laughs> that. I would have loved to hear what you know. And again, I just stated the movie verbatim. Maybe I had one or two editorial comments, but. It was probably like, I'm dying. I don't have a frontal lobe anymore. I cannot breathe. I cannot move. (laughs) So do you think, uh, Alexis, do you think that your mind has changed after watching the crickets (laughs) and dance now? My mind will never be what it once was. Fair. (laughs) That's all I know. I just think, like, that energy, right? Like, somebody... Multiple levels, right? Like... Somebody watched your movie and didn't like it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you're a creative. I write comics. Uh, Cameron is an actor. Like, we both received criticism where somebody said, I didn't like that thing you did. Right? And Fair, so, yeah. there's always a part of you that's going to say, hey, what the fuck, man? Like, you know what I, mean? like <laughs> I tried really hard. You know, I put, or, you know, maybe I didn't try as hard as I could have. But still, like, you ain't got to, like, you know, get on me about it, whatever, whatever. And there's multiple ways of going about it because sometimes it's constructive and valid criticism and you're just kind of like, you know, you're sensitive because you made a thing and you don't want people to, you know, point out the flaws in it. Or it's just like somebody saying wild shit and you're just like, who are you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily feel like whatever you're saying has merit or value, so I'll just Mm. keep it moving and ignore that, right? Mm -hmm. But when somebody shows that level of like, I am going to, because I'm going to go out on a limb here, Alexis, and say that your tweets probably got more coverage than her movie got when it was out. She should honestly like, thank me. Her, she <laughs> way more views, way more royalties or whatever you get when you're posted online. Like she should have been, been in my right. inbox thanking me. I think I think you did more for the Crooked's Dance than any of the PR that she did when the movie came out. You know I am now I mean? the executive so... <laughs> producer of the Crooked's Dance. <laughs> so, like, even that, I mean, you, you could go 
you know, there's no such thing as bad press or whatever, yada, yada. But it's just like the energy that she came with is the energy of somebody who knows that they made something flawed and incomplete. Uh Some old bullshit, as the black community would uh, say. Somebody looked at it and just said, (laughs) (laughs) and she felt seen, right? She was like, oh no, like somebody is seen through the facade of the crooked stance. Somebody saw through my bullshit. (laughs) Damn. And so, you know, it's just like, I'm going to call you up. But then it's like, think about this, right? Like, I I always am fascinated by white people who will tell people of color, no matter like what, what the background is, that, hey, why are you so upset about the racist thing that I did? Let me change your mind. <laughs> Let me tell you why I'm right and you're wrong. Right. Right. Which is just like... What are you even trying to do, right, in that instance? But also it's just like, sure, okay. I don't I don't know if you want to say that our opinion is the most valid, but like it's more valid than yours. <laughs> right? Like I, I it's think a lived experience, right? right? You know what I mean? Like my lived experience versus your fictional movie. Versus your abstract think, concepts, honestly. <laughs> peace I and think love. Carrie's, Right. Carries more weight. Right. Like if I, a black person, am telling you that this movie is bullshit, your initial instinct shouldn't be like, hey, fuck black people. (laughs) 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 It should be like, huh, wait a minute. You know, like if the message was and you don't have to respond to that. But if the message was, hey, like I saw whatever tweet you sent out about the movie, like, you know, I, I. I see your concerns and I would like to, you know, talk about ways that the film could have been better. Your vibe shouldn't be more like uh, a virtual assistant. If I log onto a website, Hey, (laughs) I saw you're on this website. Can I help you? I have, right. You have some opinions. I would love to hear about them. Not, Oh, you ain't like my movie. (laughs) Right. We got to fight now. Peace and love. (laughs) There's a twin. There's a twinge of, can you educate me in that too, right? Which is like, no thanks. You know, again, you have access to all the same things that I have access to. I'm sorry that you didn't know about Tulsa until you watched Watchmen, but like, you can do the same (laughs) level of like, you can read Baldwin and you can read Toni Morrison and you can like read the souls of black folk and do all the same things that I can do. That's the thing. They want, they want like, it's, it's funny because they want all this education about like slavery and like the bad things that happen so they can have an insight and have some knowledge about these things before they you know take it and put it into their you know pulp bullshit that they decide to uh publish Mm -hmm. or put out or whatever but when black people say no as (laughs) they want to do and well within their rights to do they seem so confused so confused it's, it's almost childlike, which kind of scared me. Like, is this... Why won't you help me? Why won't you talk right. to me about slavery? It's like... <laughs> you are grown Why do you think woman. I want to talk to you about slavery? Yeah, you're grown. Get a book. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty well, of books, and you can't have any of my books. Um, So here's some things that are going to make you sad. 
<laughs> more sad than Jordan's favorite part of the show. <laughs> already be sad. So I unfortunately listened to maybe two and a half hours of interviews featuring director and screenwriter Veronica Robledo talking God. about the cricket stance. And uh it's got the same energy as Harry Styles. Uh, oh. talking about it's a movie you know like how people like to see movies right <laughs> um so i'm glad that you could you could uh somehow <laughs> siphon the bullshit going on with don't worry darling into this <laughs> right now i love that i love messy energy go go on so go on. there's an interview that she did for this podcast called fusion international film festivals which is basically just a podcast for the fusion international film festival which she did win an award for um and they mostly talk about how beautiful the house is in the movie that's like 90 percent of the conversation the house quote unquote yes by the way the house looks the exact same in the past scenes in the 1800s and the present day scenes in the 2000s by the way, Emmeline ages none. Between they didn't even she, put no gray in that girl's hair. <laughs> she is the same when she has her daughter and when the, her daughter has a baby. Like her, she looks... like fifteen, seventeen-year-old <laughs> daughter has a child. But just listening to her talk, right? Like they really don't even venture into the realm of race and racism, right? Like mm. it's like the house is beautiful, the story is touching isn't it great you made this movie right so like she seems like she seems like who you think she is right when you like the image you have of her in your mind that's her right just you don't have to listen to these interviews (laughs) she sounds exactly like that now on to the wild shit right yeah there is a i don't even know what this is this is one of those like online radio shows that's like somebody got the dot tv dot you know like one of those weird like not a dot com that you're just like i guess this is a legitimate thing on the internet so Um, (laughs) it's jamie rocks's pop rocks radio right now if you've never heard of that before again you're doing better than I am. Uh, it is a radio interview show hosted by a pop artist, like literally a guy who paints random things. I'm I'm actually just going to send this to you because you need to see the website. I'm going to put this in the chat as I discuss what <laughs> was discussed on this podcast or not even a podcast, I guess a radio show, but um she did an interview where it was her it was um ooh the main actress um Kristen Renton and then the main actor who was Maurice Johnson right so they were all on this random guys random website talk show thing talking about the cricket stance and it's like a it's like a it's like an hour and a half interview and then he follows up and does another hour plus interview with her to talk about this movie so i guess he loved the movie but he is the only person i've heard her talk with who actually brings up race and like wants to talk about it 
And so, first of all, Maurice is the one who jumps into the fray, right? Like, he's the one that starts defending and legitimizing and talking about the movie in a way that uh, makes as much sense as what his character says at that gravesite, right? Like, it's a lot of reconciliation and love and we need to do. He, he grew up very close to where the movie was filmed and he knows a lot about slavery. And so, oh. his word is valid i guess i don't Uh-oh. know but then here's a fun fact <laughs> do you think that veronica Robledo always wanted to be a filmmaker <laughs> uh no jordan because she did she did not she went to school for like business or something like that and then after that well actually during that time right she says that she accidentally signed up for a black literature class. Ooh. I'm dead. And then worst mistake of her life. These are her words. She walked into the room and the teacher, who was a black woman with dreadlocks and yada yada, et cetera, looked at her with a face that said, again, her words, Ooh, you signed up for the wrong class, didn't you? And Veronica in her mind says i'm gonna take this challenge that's the way that she described the class as a challenge and so she sat through the class and she learned so much according to her it changed her perspective on the world probably not enough i'm sure she has no record if you asked her what she read in that class i'm sure she couldn't even I know that to give you see a, that's a the problem. Of... They didn't ask the real questions on that on Jamie Fox's <laughs> podcast or whatever. I'm like, what you read? No, what you read? Just tell me what you read. Like one book, one book. She also goes on to say that the the original script had the N word in it, and that she I knew it. I knew it. Right, <laughs> this it. movie, this movie does not have the N word in it. Not once. Which is just a glaring strangeness. The original title said, probably had the N word in it. <laughs> the niggas dance. Well, can we? It was t- the niggas I mean, dance. It's the crickets dance, which a lot of people on Twitter astutely pointed out is very close to moon cricket. Yes. Moon cricket, which makes you think, yeah, what those crickets are up to. <laughs> and that's a deep cut. I mean, that is a deep cut racial slur. I'm right. It's not never, like the word you just go to. No, never heard that you word know? until I was an adult in Nashville. Like that is a if, deep cut slur. If you call somebody a moon cricket, there is no mistake there is hate in your heart. Fam, like if you call somebody a moon cricket, you literally had to uncover the chest that was in your chest and unlock that motherfucker and then be like, and blow off the piece of paper that said moon cricket on it. And then be like, yes, yes, I will call this black person a moon cricket and they will not feel very good about it at all. And it's a little too, I don't believe that she didn't know because do you remember in the scene that's the um the closest to like a title drop scene or whatever when they're yeah. out yeah, yeah. dancing to the sound of the crickets which is like really too close to where the stereotype came from like oh these lazy niggas mm-hmm. are out singing and dancing at night instead of working i'm like you there's no way you didn't yeah. know the connection and origin of that it didn't not mean, once like pass through your brain she refers to it as the crickets dance scene when she talks about it in interviews now, maybe she didn't learn about it in her black literature class that she accidentally took in college, but I feel like Where's that where's that gif of Oprah Winfrey just like fine? <laughs> like the <laughs> you know what? I give up. 
Because <laughs> that's that's the vibes. It's just like having white people regurgitate your history to you and then be like, it wasn't all that bad. Moon Crickets wasn't really like a, <laughs> it wasn't like a slur. It's not all a bad thing. Well, Ka- Cameron, Jordan, Alexis, you guys are you guys are a little too ridiculous. You're, you're too, let me you're too- let me change your mind. Peace and love. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me change your mind about these Moon Crickets. I mean, the Crickets dance. <laughs> she yeah she says that the n-word is originally in the script and then like when she was on set and she talked with you know maurice and some of the other people like they concluded that the 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 script was strong enough and it didn't need nigger to be uttered in the screen it it did require three separate whippings whippings but not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is like that's why it's a glaring oversight because i'm literally like i just saw multiple people right get whooped i saw niggas pick cotton <laughs> I, I saw a nigga like make something make a keepsake out of cotton amongst the cotton fields yeah like, I, 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 this happened like you gave me like the willem dafoe ugly slave owner guy and you didn't give me like any you're crazy you're, cra- you're crazy. Sam. <laughs> you're crazy. I know but, what you were thinking. You know, she sounds very not even just uncomfortable when she's having this conversation, but also like this is actually the first time that she's thinking about this question. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. see you can you can feel the gears working in real time as she actively tries to not say something that's going to like fuck everything up but then also is like having realizations in real time and i think this is where it all comes back around i think that part where angie says she's never thought about black men before is a self-insert for veronica Mm -hmm. admitting i've never really thought (laughs) never really thought about y'all before i guess yeah Hey, it's probably something is going on with y'all, you know. Like, just <laughs> I don't know if that scene is in the book, but the author of the book that we're assuming is a different person, despite the alliteration yes. of the names. Um, didn't they say it was like vaguely based off their experiences, whatever that means? What, what experiences? <laughs> right, name them. Take please. a guess. <laughs> you didn't quantum leap back to slavery and then just report <laughs> on it for us. <laughs> But it's like, it's that energy, right? So, like, you could tell just within minutes of listening to her talk. And let's, let's, one, one final statement on the crickets dance. This is not about the content of the movie. This is the movie itself. This is a bad movie. Yes. Like, this is, this movie was made poorly <laughs> and all <laughs> <laughs> just about every level yes. right like the writing is bad the acting is bad the editing is confusing the editing <laughs> my bet my favorite example of the editing being bad is like the 12 shots it takes to communicate that uh angie left the wrong file behind yes like she literally all she did was she dropped the file took the wrong file home we needed 12 shots to communicate that to the audience well there's just weird like cuts there's weird like 
like phrasing like the way that people talk not even just the slaves again a lot of me's and i's and you know etc but like like the the slave owner is talking like a like a character in a movie like not like a real person like she read (laughs) pride and prejudice and was like that's that's it (laughs) that's how my character will talk and even like andrew and I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap things up with Andrew, right? Like, <laughs> poor Andrew. Uh, poor Andrew. It's very confusing because this is the thing that's going to... I'm glad both of y'all are sitting down. This is the thing that's going to make y'all really just question a lot of things. It's, it's, a, it's, a two, it's two shots, right? So on the one hand, when I reached out to Alexis on Twitter you know, underneath her tweet saying that we have a white savior podcast. We talk about these movies. We'd love to talk about it with you. Guess who liked that tweet? Would it be one <laughs> Maurice Johnson uh, or Andrew Rubin McGrath as he's known oh in this God. movie, right? Oh my God. And I don't know if that was just like, Hey, crickets dance, like every tweet that mentions crickets dance. Right. Or if he was like, I know the movie that I was in, and I'm having regrets, right? Because you can like something. You can like something and just, like, we don't have to know. Not everybody has to know that. But on the other hand, on on the podcast that he's on with Veronica, one, the way that they're talking about each other is a little gross because it sounds a lot like she's, she's talking about how handsome he is and how muscular he is. And how, like, you know, he he really is embodies Andrew and, like, just a lot of, like, recounting his physical characteristics. And he's talking about her in a way that's, like, they spend a lot of time together, Mm. which I don't know how to interpret any of that. But also, would you believe that this movie was seven years in the making and that he's been attached for all seven years and originally helped her shoot the trailer to the movie before they even had a movie. So he's been Andrew the whole time. I think we're in a little bit of a sunken place situation where he has just become Andrew McGrath. Yeah, it's just a complete existential crisis. <laughs> just looking at looking at pictures of shackles and like just getting lost in the middle distance, yeah. like. He's just yeah, crazy. It's like that, uh, like when you be in conversations, like yeah, that's crazy. Like that's how he thinks about slavery. He's like slavery, that's crazy. That's yeah. That's I think wild. he may that's nuts. crazy. He may have gone a little too method, and now he's just like <laughs> <laughs> he's just having shout some out, real shout out all my slave niggas. <laughs> he's having a real existential moment. So. That's that's all the behind the scenes we have on the cricket stance. Uh, that's all that's, you'll need. <laughs> that's all the behind the scenes that I could stomach. About the oh, jeez. But I think it's time to play our favorite game, Alexis. We're going to go around to all of the different review sites, and we're going to see what the cricket stance has on IMDb, on Rotten Tomatoes, and on our favorite, Amazon.com. So starting with IMDb, Alexis, what do you think the Cricket Stance currently has out of time? Oh, you know what? I was on that website earlier, so it might be cheating. It, it was. It started with a five, though, right? Didn't it? Please tell me. 
well, we'll let we'll let Cameron also. So I s- started with a five. Mm. That's even too high for me. You know what? I'm gonna say a five point one then. Five point one. Yeah. Uh, it's a five point two out of ten. One two point one one point too high. If you go in and you and you look out at some of the names that are reviewing this, uh, do they see, all are all their last names Robledo or, or VR names? I V VR DR. One of them is the author of the of the book. Get out! And it's just like I, I wrote the book. This movie's great. <laughs> One of them is somebody whose husband had a small part in the movie and then just gave it a 10 out of 10. Because uh, <laughs> y'all paid my husband and I was able to pay my car note that day. <laughs> and then a very confusing review. They gave it a 6 out of 10, but the title of it is Possibly a Real Story. There were possibly many instances of this being close to reality. So. Huh? Cancel it. <laughs> I, I don't, don't like it. know. I don't like it. I don't like what that implies. <laughs> I don't like it existing. I don't like it on a to- on toast. I don't like it on a post. Yeah. So there's a lot. I mean, you know, rightfully, a lot of people have given this really terrible reviews, and there was one that was just as of August 11th of this oh, year. Well. So you know, like. Yeah, people are not st- still logging in to give this movie hell, which is uh, <laughs> all we can ask for. 5.2, right. though, is still too high for this movie. Damn right. um, if we go to Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think it has out of 100%? See, that one I didn't look at. I'm going to say, because I have no faith in humanity, I'm going to say it's in the 70s. <laughs> Yeah. 70s Cameron you actually probably right see I don't I play this game to where it should be you play it where it's probably gonna <laughs> be which is like the sadness just sadness you know what I'm gonna take a note out of I'm gonna take a page out of your book and say 62% incomplete because it's only got one review <laughs> oh yeah what's that one review one review from a Josh Bell at Crooked Marquee um, it's got a C minus, and the the quote on Rotten Tomatoes is somewhere in here. It's an innocuous message about tolerance and harmony, but it's buried under the tone deaf dialogue, sloppy historical detail, and flat performances. Wow! So okay, they were watching. Not a good review. Yeah, but it's got literally that one review. So it's not bad <laughs> enough, honestly. That review is not harsh enough on it. Then, if we go to our favorite Amazon.com. Out of five stars, what do you think the cricket stance has? Three point eight. Can it can it be point? Yeah. Okay, it's three three point eight. See, I know how Amazon likes to get down. I just I can't believe that Amazon will continue to get down that way. Like this is this is actually bad, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say four point five. Three point eight. Out of five stars, uh, right on. Wow. It's when you look at it, it's got four stars, you know, technically, but um, yeah, usually these movies have five stars. Uh, (laughs) But hey, that's 
That's good. That makes me feel a little better about Amazon, which is a company I don't necessarily have to feel either way on. Yeah, some interesting reviews from people. One, the title is, Can Love Be About Love? Would have been great for Ophelia to have seen Isaiah again. Wouldn't it have been nice? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. No. Uh, whoever this is, they watched this whole movie and they were like, damn, why couldn't Isaiah have made it home from the Civil War? Yeah. It was the um, only problem they had. Don't read a history book. <laughs> the movie stopped after that for them. And then another one reads, Redemption and Romance. This story, while fiction, rings true in many ways. The evil of racism shouldn't be ignored, but at the same time, should not anchor us to the past that inhibits progress. Watching the story unfold in the past and present leading to a thoughtful conclusion made for good entertainment. The leads are strong characters with substance. The movie could have been longer to flesh out other aspects, but was sufficiently nope. edited to provide a smooth nope. flowing story. Wrong. Scenes with an amorous activity were tactfully done. <laughs> Boo. That, that person has an All Lives Matter placard in front of the house. For I think sure. anybody that gave this movie five stars has a similar or blue lives. Get the fuck uh, out of here with your two. all lives matter out of here. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> so just again, baffling in the sense that this movie somehow won awards Yeah, from places. People watch this. I can't verify if it was the only entry into some categories <laughs> or, or what was happening, but I just, I can't imagine because like we said, it's also just not good. Like, like take At everything all. else out of it. It's just not... All the other movies would have to be almost unwatchable for this to be the best. Like, the winning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, but even if it was, like, The Room is more enjoyable than this movie. Like, it's, it's so a terrible bad. movie, but, like, I'd rather watch that or Troll 2 or Birdemic or, like, any of I these, would... like... I would love to watch Birdemic <laughs> over this. Give me, give you know me Birdemic. I mean? Illegible. I mean, Birdemic is a movie in which they spend literally real time watching the main character drive to work. Like, he stops at the gas yes. station. <laughs> and it fills up and then continues to drive to his job. <laughs> and I would much rather watch that than... Andrew, all lives matter. His way through uh, an apology to a slave master. Jeez, any day, any day, any day. Well, usually uh, we try to reimagine these movies. Let's not. We're gonna skip that part. Yeah, (laughs) one thousand percent. We don't need this. Doesn't need to be reimagined. So we're just gonna go to our caucasity ranking. Uh, So Alexis, we got three levels of caucasity. First level is shorts in the winter, which I think is pretty self-explanatory, right? Like it's we're 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 slowly closing in, right? It's not quite fall yet, but temperatures are cooling down in some parts of the country. In the next month or so, there might be snow on the ground. You know what I mean? Like clearly, the temperature is going to be cold, and yet Chad is insistent on breaking out <laughs> those uh, sweet Tommy Hilfiger shorts that he got. Over the summer, he's got to he's got to rock that. He might have on like you know a hoodie and a beanie, but he's definitely got shorts on. His knees are possibly showing. possibly sandals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is basically just. I'm not hurt by this movie. I just have questions. I'm just wondering why. 
who you're trying to impress, what the intent behind this is, but like no violence was done to me. So, you know, I can watch from afar and just only wonder what's going on in your mind. Cameron, what's the second level? Uh, the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. So yes. now this movie has invaded your space, invaded your personal space. It's all up in your naps, you know, trying to figure out why, why, why is it your hair curling like that? Why is your hair moving like that? I, it's com- so confusing. Rather yeah. than ask you, you know, with words. They but just, they heard about they heard about 4C on TikTok, Cameron, and they, they were just curious. <laughs> they were like, I want to know what that feels <laughs> like on my fingers. I need to know or else it doesn't exist. And at that point, that's an offense to you. You know, that's a violence on you or a violence to you. Uh, they know what they're doing. So at that point, you know, we say no more. <laughs> and the third level of caucasity for this week is no, Jackson, I have one too. It, oh, oh, damn. It's Jackson, one? Mississippi. Damn. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, what's yours? No, it is Jackson, Mississippi. I mean, okay. damn. <laughs> I, I do have, I, not to overshadow what. Well, we we'll talk about both. The terrible, horrible things that are going on in Jackson, Mississippi with the water and it not being returned to its proper state. Uh, or the government's just lacking saying just, it's going to be that way for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just some, some fuck shit. You know, as far as we're all concerned, but um, no, I found something on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, now today, I when we're recording this, um, the Fame Smith song has come true, and the Queen is dead, and a Mister Mike Partika on Twitter thought he needed to let everybody who was having a good laugh, all the black people having a good laugh about. The end of, uh, well, not really the end, but the end of the British monarchy. Uh, yeah. For all of us having a laugh at it, Mr. Mike Partika wanted to let us know by saying, Dear Black Twitter, if you... <laughs> oh, dear niggers. This, this, this white man <laughs> decided to address us all and say, Dear Black Twitter... If you can't show a shred of human decency, you don't deserve a shred of reparations. I How mean, did we get he, here? Was he giving those out? <laughs> was, hey, As if Mike, Mike was that on the table? Humane <laughs> nigga giving out the checks. Like, you know he what? If everybody doesn't stop laughing here, I'm going to hold these checks. Mike, my Mike, Mike, Mike was holding the check as he wrote the tweet and then just ripped it up. It's like <laughs> the same energy of the teacher that doesn't let you go to recess because everyone's cut up in the class. I got no That's reparations. Right. No, nope. nope. your head on your desk. Yeah, put your head down on your desk and think about what you did while everybody else gets your reparations. Yeah, we we we, <laughs> we were gonna have a pizza party, but Marquise couldn't do his homework, so now everybody's gonna suffer. Now everybody's gotta be sad. <laughs> so shout out uh, wow. to you, or no shout out to you, Mike Partika, no. uh, and Black to you. Black Twitter, do what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's... Michael you know. J. Partika, by the way. He is at Michael J. Partika. Just <laughs> You're in for a bad time. Who's interested. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, either that or, again, you know, the capital city of a state not having, not even just drinkable water, but, like, water, Usable period. water. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if the water's coming out, it's 
not the color that water should be no nope. uh and not even like i mean you could boil it i don't think anything's gonna happen to that right. definitely not so, uh the discoloration of it that ain't gonna change the discoloration of it but again uh, not even just a predominantly black city but like it's a major american city you're like it's not like this is out the way up the up the creek mississippi that nobody's right. ever heard of there, there are this paved like, roads there should be infrastructure you know what i mean and it's and it's not even like oh man you know we would love to do that but x y and z it's like oh yeah we'd love to do that but hey we need to put like a billion dollars into this other thing yo don't ukraine need another like three billion (laughs) dollars yeah a a country that's on the other side of the the fucking globe you know (laughs) While while we're in the quote unquote most developed country in the world, and we can't, some would say, just get people. And not only are we refusing to give them like turn the water back on or like fix the problem, but like to give them aid in general, in general, yeah. just straight up, <laughs> just like literally you know, the essentials of what they need. Yeah, it's not like well, we, while we work on that, we'll you know like fly in or drive in like millions of gallons of water for you all to have or use you know Didn't on you? the government's dime it's like i mean you'll figure it out right like, a whole like, batgirl movie came and went and no <laughs> one will ever see it and the money that was used to make that movie right will not be planted in flint michigan jackson mississippi no or baltimore maryland which seemingly just got its own water yeah, back like today going through it so yeah shout out that- baltimore don't that's even have very... the foresight of like the Firefest nigga that got all of the bottles of water. <laughs> like, don't even have his planning abilities. <laughs> oh my god! Even Firefest had enough, have more foresight yeah. than the people okay. the, than the government of Jackson, Mississippi. If that don't say something, yeah, get my man on the phone who was like, "I knew what I had to do." Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solutions-oriented person. He that man was thinking ideas. about that man was thinking about getting his and getting y'all's at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Solution-oriented. Those people right. had water. Say what you want about fire vest. They had pallets and pallets of water. They had pallets of water when necessary. So I mean, it's very clear that this is the ultimate level. Uh, you know what you're doing. There, there's no hiding it or yeah. misconstruing it. This is violence, intentional violence, meant to be violent, uh, and you have no regrets or you know even just like cares or consideration. So, out of those three levels, Alexis, what would you give the cricket stance? See, I, I was thinking long and hard on this because on one okay. hand, I've been yeah. struggling with not making the mistake of giving her like the white naivete that she wants and writes about. So mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. even playing with the second option for a second because it's so, you know, childlike and ignorant. But I have to, whether it's the tweet or Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> I have to give her the third option. There's no way that this woman did not know what she was doing. Peak yeah. caucasity, no we like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Peak caucasity. Like all three at the same time, like sitting on Twitter in the wintertime with shorts on, <laughs> ruining the infrastructure of a city. Uh, touching someone's hair all at the same time. Oh, man. Yeah. Cameron, what do you think? I, I kind of like that. The Just the throw it all, throw them all in a blender and just mm-hmm. like that's exactly what they're doing because that's exactly what they're doing. 
literally like you playing around with slavery you playing games with slavery like and all for like fetishizing black men like it's yes and or in the in the wants and the wants and sexual needs of white women like get out of here dog <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean this movie is ostensibly just ring ring slavery's calling right like that's what it felt like <laughs> yeah shout out shout out black ladies Guest show <laughs> uh that is but hilarious. more to the point double double drop here because really why the fuck you lying why you always lying Ooh, oh my god. my god stop fucking lying come on dog like right, right. I, I just can't imagine and th- this movie was not made in 2000 this movie was not made in 1995 this movie nope. was not made in 1986 Mm-mm. this movie was made and took seven years to make <laughs> and not once during that time period did you say is this a good idea right. is this a story that needs to be told is you this know what even- i think <laughs> You know what I think? I think it's like when the director saw like black folks show up to the auditions or even come to set to be the slaves on this movie. She was like, "Okay, good. Okay, I think I got it right. I think I think I got, I got five it. Of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have five of them. Five black men think that I'm right, so I'm going to continue and, making this movie. And for and all be- we know, because someone illuminated this on my Twitter thread, and Cameron, you probably know this, like people who are in SAG or whatever have to act every several months to keep their health insurance. And I'm confident yes. that was the situation with most of those black actors. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, that's what I'm saying. No, no shots or ill will to any of the black people involved in this. Yeah. They wanted to get a check. Dentist. That's fine. Get a check. Yeah. Look and, at what money make you do. Hey. I mean, to say get a check and implies that there is a check to be had, which I mean, let's not, get carried away here hey i didn't say i didn't say it was a bag i didn't say it was a bag hey i said it was money i get it you know maybe they got to fill up their gas tank a few times look rent's due so you know like no 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 shots on anybody uh hopefully the next job was better i'm gonna say by the way they all acted quote unquote when they found out that slavery was abolished (laughs) Um, I'm gonna tell you that's the that's the amount of effort put in, but on the acting chops of yes. these uh slaves. Good for them. I th- I thought they were gonna high five, bro. I thought they yeah. were gonna high five <laughs> at some point, honestly. <laughs> but that's you know, like just listening to the director talk, like I can't even say that there was malicious intent mm. behind the film, but it's like to to we say this all the time, right? Like, it is so hard to make a movie. You know what I mean? Like, to see a thing from fruition from start to finish. Yes. To imagine that, like, they persevered to push through. You know, I mean, she's talking about they they spent, you know, like, who knows how much money on, like, bug spray and other stuff. Because, like, they're down oh. there in Georgia and the mosquitoes are, like, oh. biting them and, like... People were, you know, I think somebody got sick and all kind. Yeah, I mean, but like the typical stuff that happens on the set, right? Where it's just like, who knows what's going to happen each day? You know, calamity could strike at any any given moment. And so, like, they went through the whole process multiple years 
to see this movie to fruition and like you could have not done that (laughs) several black lives matter movements if this started 2000 i mean if that started seven years ago that's 2013 like you went through several moments but she oh 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 you know what we didn't do oh my god and i don't know how we didn't do this it's this is a little late but we need to go to her imdp page because i want I will to do that to you her not even just her like whatever little paragraph that they write up but it's like such a great so this, this oh is i'm reading it her, now her full bio right i'm not going to read this whole thing because it's fucking multiple paragraphs yeah IMDb mini biography by Anonymous. So her. Take a guess. (laughs) (laughs) It begins the rise in awareness for diversity and the growing movement in supporting of women-led and female-driven films. Ronica Robledo takes the initiative through her storytelling. Women have unique life experience and those experiences inform their stories and the lens through which they view the world. Robledo opts for the book The Cricket Stance and developed and wrote the screenplay in 2019. Uh, She produced and directed what would be her first film, right? And she has talked about, like, a lot of white people want to bring up George Floyd and uh, (laughs) Sandra Bland and, like, so many other people as impetuses of, like, and that's when I really started to care about y'all black people. (laughs) When one of you was publicly executed and I could watch the video of it, not all the other times. Real icky energy, Veronica Robledo. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't muster the uh, (laughs) the energy before, Uh, but then, then I started to take notice, and so it's a lot of that energy, right? Which is like almost the worst, right? Like when I know that you hate me, and it's clear, and there's no veil, you know what I mean? Like I can yeah sure keep it moving dog like we don't have to interact or whatever like right it's very visible it's on site understood right like when you act as you're championing diversity and like doing the work mm-hmm. when you could just again you know what an option is nothing <laughs> right. just don't do anything just don't <laughs> do not because like the space that you're occupying could be occupied by a marginalized creator who could have took that budget and that money and those actors and done something completely different and more worthwhile. Like the idea that you have to say something at all (laughs) (laughs) is I would say a very white impulse, right? Like if I do not, lend my voice to this thing then not only is it not valid but like people are gonna think that i don't care or i'm not involved or whatever when like the best thing that you can do in a lot of instances is just get the fuck out the way yeah be, <laughs> you know not I mean? be present go just away don't or 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 even just like watch like don't you don't have to be involved in it like you don't have to be front and center in any way you could use your production company 
to fund and like help give voice to marginalized communities if that's what you really yeah, say that you stand black on. creators you know what i mean who need to tell their story not you telling someone else's story for fictional sake <laughs> you know which makes it feel like even if your intention was not to do the thing your intentions had harm like they caused harm you know what i mean and like while this is not a movie that i think many people are ever going to see in their lives and again if you're listening to this please don't watch this movie yeah don't contribute to the streams don't add anything to this you don't let these numbers stop growing yeah (laughs) listen to this podcast read alexis's twitter thread you got it you mean you've seen the crickets dance but i think that's the kind of because this she's not a outlier right like i think she is part of a large group of people who feel that their voice is somehow necessary you know what i mean and and the advancement of things where it's like yeah you don't you don't have to speak you know what i mean you don't have to be visible in situations like use that privilege and that ability that you have to open doors and just step back you know what i mean like hold the door and then get out the way you know what i mean because there's no need for you to be anywhere near a story like this i don't care how many accidental black literature classes you took in college (laughs) like this is not your lane to be in and not your story to tell and not really anything that like is doing i really really don't even care what she thinks the movie was supposed to do because like clearly missed the shot right you know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah the not even dance close to the brick. goal it's not it's an air ball it doesn't even come she the crickets dance is like she shot it into the opposite basket yeah <laughs> you know I mean? like, and then and then cheered after she did it yeah. so that i have to give it the third level just on that principle you know what i mean yeah. like and then to get into alexis's dms with whatever intention i don't really yeah. know what that would be but after subtweeting and then deleting the subtweet mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and coming with complete different energy in the dms that's what changed yeah. my mind about things like this isn't just naivete like yeah that's how you know it's not naivete mm. right so you know like Peace and love for us. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> peace and love. But it's uh, it's been God, a ride. Girl. It's been a journey. Uh, before we get out of here, just I guess if anybody has anything to to recommend in place of this, I would recommend former guest of the show Robert Jones Jr.'s book, The Prophets, mm-hmm. which is basically everything that this movie does wrong done right in the novel because it's about two queer men during slavery like finding each other finding love but given full interiority like as actual human beings and characters and like talking about the full scope of what it meant to be an enslaved person and not just skipping over all the parts that are like icky or like ooh, we don't want to talk about that let's get back to the romance where it's just like nah but it was not good it wasn't good back then zero autonomy (laughs) i mean like you were owned as property so like it fully realizes that part of it but also like breathes humanity and to be clear 
I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but as somebody who has watched their share of slave movies, like, sure, right? Like, would I rather have a zany rom-com in space or, like, some other kind of thing where Black people just get to do things and not have to be attached to slavery and all that other stuff? Like, sure, that would be great. I'd like to watch that. But also at the same time, like, the people who came before us were like incredible people, you know what I mean? To have endured and lived through that Mm. so that we could be here, you know what I mean? Like is a true Testament to them. And I think there's a lot of beauty in those stories and there's a lot of value to those stories. They shouldn't be the only stories that get told, you know what I mean? They shouldn't be Mm -hmm. the ones that are first and foremost greenlit by Hollywood we should have a full scope of things mm-hmm. that we get to exist and be involved in. But like, I think that's what the prophets does well is like takes that story, gives it a different dimension, but also like doesn't skip over the part where they were human beings and like had thoughts and feelings and like a full life, you know, that mm-hmm. wasn't just being a slave. So that would be my recommendation. Uh, I don't know if you guys, again, it doesn't have to be slave related or adjacent. It could be, anything that's just better than the cricket stance i have one and it was my thought the whole time watching this movie it is slave related or adjacent um they were her property by stephanie jones rogers it's um the subtitle is white women as slave owners in the american south because you know one of the things that got me so much about this movie is just the pernicious lie that white women were passive victims to patriarchy passive victims to Um, the institution of slavery and things just happened around them and they were powerless when there is a Mm -hmm. huge documented history of white women's part and parcel in slavery um, not just Mm -hmm. as their domestic role as women but also literally as slave owners because you know if all whoever died whatever went off to war who's inheriting the slaves who was being gifted slaves who was the one that was jealous of the black women that were being assaulted by their husbands i mean there was a whole structure of how this certain kind of white american femininity is built off the backs of superiority to black people and Mm -hmm. they were her property i would recommend that absolutely one thousand times all right i gotta read that that sounds very interesting (laughs) cameron you got one uh i have one that's not slave related for all my people who don't want to engage in slavery fiction um Uh, um, I checked out uh, On the Count of Three, Gerard Carmichael's directorial debut. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gerard Carmichael is a young black uh, gay comedian who uh, made his first movie, came out last year at Sundance. Uh, it's finally getting released for streaming on Hulu. It's out now. Uh, trigger warning, it is about suicide. Uh, but it is a very funny mm-hmm. and darkly funny in the in the vein of those dark comedies of the 90s that are like very situational, but also like really uh, deeply funny, but like only funny once you've had the interiority and the uh, backstory of all these characters. It's basically... Uh, uh, Gerard Carmichael plays a young black man who frees his young white friend from a mental institution. And since they're both very disillusioned with life, both 
decide to do a joint double suicide and it that happens in the first 15 minutes so that can tell you a little bit about where the rest of the movie goes um but very funny and very like smartly directed like i didn't think he had this um collected a movie in him and i'm happy Mm -hmm. to see that yeah he's great and also like dope dope uh dope dramatic turns from like wild black comedians that uh like uh i guess you got tiffany haddish in there there's lavelle crawford's in there you got a lot of black comedians you got jb smooth in a dramatic mm-hmm. turn yeah. very interesting uses of black comedians in the film uh definitely worth your time to check out nice well i think on that we will end this episode uh alexis thank you so much for joining us Sorry, we all had to watch the cricket dance again. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we all. Sorry, anybody. Yeah, sorry, anybody watch the cricket dance. <laughs> yeah, but again, we got to thank you because, like, you brought this to our attention. Of, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. like this is this is one of those things. I mean, like, a former guest saw your tweet and then was just like, "Y'all seen this shit?" Wow! <laughs> <laughs> literally that. Literally that. And, you know, like, that's why we, we appreciate people out there who are calling this kind of stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have a whole podcast to talk about it. Like, if you got it, social media or other things, and you kind of see random just caucasity, let's call it what it is, you know, out there in the world and, like, being that's perpetuated. Right. Like, it is, this is the kind of thing that just goes unchecked, you know? Like, this is yeah. the kind of thing that just exists and, like... Veronica makes this movie and everybody's like, great job. She's mm-hmm. like, I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we're she feels good about it. Right. Clearly know, never like, critique outside of her circle before. No. Oof. So, you know, like it is, it is necessary to not even just go after the big Hollywood films, but like talk about these movies too, because apparently people do watch them <laughs> you know, according to IMDb and these other places and they review them and they leave shockingly good reviews sometimes so like uh thank you again for for yeah letting us know that this kind of movie exists um let everybody know where they can find you you know what i mean because you tweet about more than yeah uh the crickets dancing movies like yeah, this. um you, you got... can find me on twitter at lexi underscore cali l-e-x-i underscore c-a-l-y i also have a abolitionist news pe- newsletter that i periodically update um covers a dmv area it's at the wash rev just at the wash rev rev nice uh cameron what do you have going on um you can catch me on the twitters and the igs at the blipster 1138 um tweeting about nonsense tweeting about that old lady that died across the pond uh <laughs> um yeah, uh, right now, nothing really in the cooker, but stuff in the cooker. So All right. we'll talk later about that, those things. Keep, yeah, keep it keep it cooking. Uh, yeah. And I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JRSosa18, JRSosa18. More comic stuff coming, Samurai Sonya coming, September and October. Other projects happening, but similar to Cameron. Cooking, but can't can't talk about it yet so cooking but can't talk y'all later um we've got some stuff we've been thinking about um question for listeners would you like to see a virtual live show 
with us and if so what movie would you like to see us do for that that's something that we've been kicking around so uh maybe we'll post a uh a poll about that somewhere and you guys can can vote what movie you'd like to see us talk about live <laughs> i don't know this could be a good idea or a terrible idea we'll find out <laughs> we, we want to find out though we want to find out <laughs> um so to reach out to us you can reach us at white underscore pod on twitter you can Hit us up at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. If you want to give us your movie recommendations, if you want to tell us about random caucasity you're seeing out there in the world or on the internet, please send uh, it to us. We love a laugh. You know, so we're, we're here for all that, but that's going to do it for us this week. And we'll be back next week with more caucasity. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Bye. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.